Welcome to Mom Fashions. This is Emily. Join me for a special season as we search for a new co-host and meet lots of interesting women while we discuss the beauty and the burden of motherhood. This is Mom Fashions. Episode 80, Settling into the Sandwich. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. I am so excited to say welcome back to Mom Fashions. Now, for many of you, this just may be as easy as switching from episode 79 on your streaming service to episode 80 and thinking not a thing about it. But for me, I have not been at a podcast microphone for six months. There's been a lot of transition happening. So I am overjoyed to be back at it today and overjoyed to reintroduce you to my friend, Erin, who is joining me on today's episode. Hello, Erin. Hello. Good to be back. We're back together. So um, I'll include the link in the show notes, uh, but Erin was also a guest on episode 42, way, that's like nearly 40 episodes ago, believe it or not. And we talked about um, ADHD mm-hmm. and what it's like to parent a child with ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I will definitely include a link to that so our listeners can go back and get a little more Aaron in their lives. <laughs> and I'm still parenting that child <laughs> with ADHD, I'm happy to say. Right. So we need a follow-up episode, yes, based on that first first discussion. Um, so, yes, we will talk about the changes at Mom Fashions. There's actually been a lot of changes going on behind the scene. This is our first episode without our friend Beth as mm-hmm. co-host. Um, not only did she, you know, take the time to kind of step away from Mom Fashions and from Fort Worth Moms, she made a really big change in her life too they ended up moving states her husband took a new job and so even whenever she'd made the decision um to kind of take the break from mom fashions all that hadn't really developed yet but it was just kind of like one of those things you know what it was right timing for her and her family and they had a lot of things coming down the road that hadn't quite developed and now it has so we miss her and we know that she is listening Mm -hmm. in colorado cheering us on also during this break, another big change that happened is while Mom Fashions had been part of Fort Worth Moms for a long time, we have now expanded and created a new media company called Bill Media. And we are now managing Fort Worth Moms, Collin County Moms, Dallas Moms, Yay. and Mom Fashions Podcast. Yay. <laughs> so we have a lot. We have more women from all kind of walks of life that uh, we can share their stories with y'all, and we're just very excited about it. So, yes. yay. Growing in a good way. Growing for sure. So, Erin, yes. Hello. For our friends who did not hear the ADHD episode, I mean, it was a while ago. So, mm-hmm. I think you're due to tell us some more about yourself. Well, I am a mom to two. I have a daughter who's 13 and a son who's just on the cusp of turning nine. I am a Fort Worth native, and my children are too, thankfully. And interestingly enough, I live just about five minutes away from where I grew up. My parents Mm -hmm. still live in my childhood home. My husband is also from Fort Worth, and his mom lives about five minutes from us as well. Mm -hmm. 
Which segues so nicely into our topic today. We titled the episode called Settling into the Sandwich. And it's nothing to do about your lunch choices. It has everything to do about this season of life we're in. And changes kind of goes along with this theme, right? Mm -hmm. So tell our listeners a little bit about what settling into the sandwich means to you. So as moms, we all recognize that our children change. They're not the same as a baby. They're not the same as a toddler. They're not the same when they reach school. They just continually change. Well, only recently did it occur to me that my parents would change too. Mm -hmm. And that would impact me just the way my children's constant changing impacts me. Um, Mostly in good ways, sometimes tough ways, but definitely in eye-opening ways and ways that sometimes have taken me aback. Things that I never saw coming. And here we are. Right. Yeah. And so when we're talking about sandwich, we are referring to being sandwiched between still Mm -hmm. raising children in our home, like being, I mean, you and I are literally right smack in the middle of that Mm -hmm. to those rearing years, but then also starting to be on the other side, on the other side of the sandwich is where our parents' needs are changing Mm -hmm. some. And so we're also having to kind of um, step up in the way that we have cared for Mm -hmm. um, and maybe in some small all the way to really big ways become caregivers. Yes. We've switched places in some ways. In some ways. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that caregiving is kind of being asked of us in in both both directions. directions. Let's like specifically talk about what are the the challenges. And and I do mean like real personally, like not pretending we're some, you know, well so and so it is, but just like for you in your situation, with no disrespect at all to your parents Mm -hmm. and retaining their dignity and the Mm -hmm. same for your children. But just what are the challenges of this sandwich generation for you? I can remember feeling so stressed that I would just think about going back in time. Can we just go back to when my mom was just my mom? Mm -hmm. And she was the one giving the advice and the instructions because I'm not comfortable in this role that I'm in. Or this is a very stressful and hard and difficult role that I'm in. My mom has had uh, a couple major illnesses within the past few years. She went through breast cancer in 2020, the year the world shut down. And then she had a brain aneurysm in 2021 that required brain surgery. And when you go through breast cancer treatment and chemotherapy, there are lingering side effects. People talk about how sick you may be during chemo. Yes, she got sick during chemo, landed in the hospital alone during the pandemic. And thankfully, chemotherapy and treatment saved her life. There's sickness that comes after chemotherapy, lingering side effects such as neuropathy. And that has changed her life significantly. She's not quite as mobile as she used to be. Um, And so we're constantly watching to make sure she doesn't trip and fall. As she recently did, she fell doing some yard work and 
nearly cracked her head open. Yeah. Like, not an exaggeration. Not an exaggeration. I have seen the pictures, and I gasp. Bless her heart. how she didn't crack her head open, how she didn't lose a drop of blood is still unbeknownst to me, because (laughs) it was a huge fall. But at any rate, um, I can just remember in the midst of some of our darkest days as a family in in supporting her, thinking, why can we not go back in time? This is more than I can bear. This mm-hmm. is more than I can handle. Yeah. Why am I the adult all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. When my mom was going through treatment, I would attend appointments with her, willingly so, willingly so. Um, but I just remember thinking, how did we get here? I'm not, I'm the adult all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. When did this switch happen? This is unreal. It felt surreal. Right. And it still feels surreal sometimes. I'm the one who is uh, making sure she's taking her meds on time. I'm the one who's taking the notes from the surgeon. I'm the one who is making sure she drinks enough water to keep her from landing back in the hospital. Just little things like mm-hmm. that. Some of the same reminders you would find yourself giving right. your kids. Sounds very familiar. Yes. Yeah. And I just thought, when did this switch happen? I never saw that coming. And so that was, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge planner or a type A personality that has to know what's coming down the pike, but I definitely didn't see this coming down the pike. And so it was always surprising to me. Yeah. When you were saying those words, it made me remember a conversation I had with a friend whose mother um, eventually had a Alzheimer's or severe form of dementia. dementia. Yeah. Um, and that it was, it was like a developing grief. Like there's a grief of what you've lost mm-hmm. in the relationship with your mom. And not like you have a bad, that's not, you don't have a bad relationship, mm-hmm. but in the roles, right? Yes. Of you being cared for by yes. her, right? And she still obviously cares for you but and different. loves you. And it looks but, different. But there's a grief there that yes. you have lost that, yes. an element of that. For sure. But yeah. I've slowly come to understand that. We're not going backwards. We're going forward in life. And I'm mm-hmm. going to savor every moment yes. that I can because yeah. obviously it can be gone. If the pandemic hasn't taught anybody that, then right. help them. So, for you know, for me, um, there are definitely kind of challenges as well when it's not my parents. Oh, it's my in-laws, right? How much do you get involved and how much do you stay out of it? Correct. And I don't have, I mean, I've only been part of the family for 15 and a half years. Only. At the time of recording. But my husband and their his siblings, I mean, their whole lives, right? This is like, is it my family? Yes, they mm-hmm. are my family. But it's not my family. You know what I mean? Like, these aren't my parents. You don't these have all aren't that history si- with them. No, they didn't raise me. Like, I don't. You know, from my standpoint, I don't feel like I have a lot of like street cred, you know, like built up to be able to really have much an opinion. So I really see my role, you know, as more of like a supportive role Mm -hmm. for my husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother-in-law did have cancer during the pandemic as well. Um, But, you know, my in-laws are still, even though they're pushing 80 are fairly independent. And mm-hmm. it's only been in the like, you know, 
you're right when you say cancer and its treatments just takes a toll, you know, and it took a toll on both of them, even mm-hmm. for my father-in-law who, who did not go through the treatment himself. But that was a lot. Cancer's hard. I, ha- I hate cancer. I hate it. Um, And so I really just see at this point, like my role being supportive of Brian and, and helping and I don't just mean saying whatever idea he has, I'm going to say, oh, that's great. It means like encouraging him, talking through things with him. Maybe offering a different perspective. Yes. yes. And also, I think like maybe reminding him not to get tunnel vision, you know, because mm. sometimes, which is hard, is that... It because we love our parents so much Mm -hmm. and we have this rightful sense of obligation. We want to care for Mm -hmm. them the way they've cared for us. Um, But you can't get down in the vortex of that either, you know, where Mm -hmm. you just like it becomes overwhelming Mm -hmm. and you are agonizing over what so and so said and what aunt so and so might think, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever. So I kind of see like, I think what I'm trying to say is I see my role as being a little bit of a caregiver to Brian. Yeah. In that, you know, like I want to, you know, like I want to be a landing spot for him. Mm -hmm. I want a place where he can vent. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily always a place that's going to give advice because he might have enough of that. You know what I mean? But sort of like make sure that he's kind of cared for when he's losing the way his parents not not that I'm turning into his mother, but you get what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. as a partner, just sort mm-hmm. of that's what I Supportive. mean by supporting mm-hmm. because you are going to go through just this grief of I remember. So I it's almost 10 years ago. I had a friend pass away really suddenly from breast cancer. One of the things that someone sent to me you know everybody gives you advice which is fine because that's their way of showing care to you I don't take offense but someone sent and I'm going to mess this up right this is not going to be even accurate but here's the gist so um I don't know if people know like C.S. Lewis had a group of like fellow writers and creatives and they was like a lot of them are famous they wrote you know famous things and um, they were just really great friends. Mm-hmm. And when the first one of them died, mm-hmm. it was a grief at losing that friend. Mm-hmm. But it changed the dynamic mm-hmm. of their group forever. Mm-hmm. And it was a statement, something to the effect of, I'll never hear you laugh at him again. Like mm. he used to make you laugh so hard. And part of the grief is accepting that I'm not going to hear you and him banter back and Mm -hmm. forth. Like that was lost when he died. And so with this sandwich generation situation, you know, it is a grief of the changing and the continual changing of the relationship. But it also changes the dynamic. Mm -hmm. So with the siblings, Mm -hmm. with the aunts and uncles, Mm -hmm. with the cousins, Mm -hmm. it's just and that's just that just stinks. It stinks um, because change is not for everyone. Some people really struggle with change. Mm-hmm. Um, some people turn inwards and can only see themselves and their parents. Right. As opposed to 
themselves, their siblings, and their parents. Mm-hmm. They forget about their siblings or cannot or even your work parents. with their si- siblings yeah, your, for the common goal, the common good. Or even like your parents' siblings. You know, like they have relationships that are independent of their relationship with you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's been interesting in my family. My mom's siblings have all come to me for updates on my mom. It's like my mom's position with her siblings is she's in... She's kind of the leader of her siblings. That's she's the one who everybody goes to for advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She um would just kind of give them just real general answers when they asked about her. And so then they would turn around and call me and say, What's really going on with her? Or how mm-hmm. is she really doing? Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming either. I didn't know that right. my mom was gonna gloss over how she was doing with her siblings. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be coming to me. So all of a sudden, I'm now the spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, that's a role you didn't sign up I for. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Looking for reliable child care in the Fort Worth, Dallas area? We've got you covered. We've done the research and compiled an extensive list of local child care options to fit your family's needs. You'll find a variety of child care options in this guide from babysitting and nannying services, traditional daycare, drop-in child care, preschools, and even summer care options. Visit fwmoms.com or check out the show notes of this episode to find links to all of these resources. Let us help you find the perfect child care for your family. My mom was the caregiver to her to her mother, my mm-hmm. grandmother, for eight years. My grandmother um, suffered from Lewy body dementia and we moved her to Fort Worth from East Texas and my mom and my mom's sister were my grandmother's primary caregivers. So I had an upfront role of seeing the absolute stress and toll it takes on mm-hmm. an individual caring for someone right. with dementia. Yeah. That is a very taxing role. It is. Um, and thankfully my children got to see my grandmother before she passed away. So I'm thankful for that. But gosh, I think it took some years off my mom's life. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, being in that sandwich can really take a toll on someone if they're not careful. Finally, my mom and my aunt had to ask for help. Right. But it was probably too late by then. Mm -hmm. They probably had already damaged their own health taking care of my grandmother. Yeah. And my mom would be the caregiver to my children too at the time. My children were young kindergarten toddler age and my mom would um juggle caring juggle caring for them and caring for my grandmother too so my mom has been in that sandwich position um one of the benefits of being a caregiver is that my children have witnessed it mm-hmm. and know how to love someone beyond themselves yeah that's great. And I know we haven't turned to the benefits of being a caregiver, but mm-hmm. that Definitely just has one, come yeah. to mind mm-hmm. that my children have seen what it looks like to give TLC to someone that they love. They've known and witnessed what it looks like to love on someone beyond themselves. They see what it looks like to help someone who needs it, what help looks like. They're mm-hmm. learning that language. Yeah, that's The language great. of caregiving right. at young ages. One of the challenges, though, was when my mom or I needed to go and be with my grandmother 
and we had to take the kids along and the kids didn't want to go. Eventually, my grandmother moved into a facility and the little ladies, the the little ladies would love to hug and squeeze and kiss my son. Well, he was like three. He was not loving the hugging and the squeezing. From these strange women, as sweet as their intentions were, he wasn't crazy about it. And so there'd be times where we really had to go see my grandmother to make sure she ate, make sure she have been bathed and whatnot. Right, yeah, taken care and of. my kids don't want to go. So mm-hmm. you're just like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to make them go. And they're mm-hmm. going to sit there and be bored and maybe a little resentful. But I also have to take care of my right, grandmother. Absolutely. I can't, yeah. can't skip this this mm-hmm. obligation either. So it was it was difficult. How would you say as your relationships change with your parents? I'm assuming your relationships their relationships changed with the grandparent role. Have you had to kind of lead or guide your kids through like their relationship with them where No, not really because okay. my mom is just totally bananas over my kids and she turns into one of the children when she's okay. with my kids. So they haven't experienced the difference. Yeah. No. Um every once in a while my mom has felt so poorly that she couldn't tolerate a visit from them mm-hmm. and she would have to say no they can't come over but she had to be feeling really, really bad yeah of course you would respect that yeah right yeah but otherwise my mom is an automatic yes to anything they ask for mm-hmm. if it is cookies and ice cream for dinner it is a yes right that was when they were two and that's the same today, <laughs> today. yeah and it's an automatic yes yeah. if they ask to go over and be babysat, you know, kick me out of the house because I'm the mm-hmm. the parent for all involved. At right. that point, I'm the one who's going to have the boundaries and the rules, whereas my, none, none of that's happening. When none they're of together. that applies yeah. when yeah. it's just just the kids and the grandparents. They go for anything. Yeah, I think um, we probably have experienced that more. Because, Tell me how. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I because his parents are getting older. Oh, yeah. Mine are in their mid-70s. Okay. So they may be similarly aged. Mm-hmm. But they don't have, like, in the last, well, through the pandemic and since we've seen them, like, their capabilities yeah. have started, like, their their stamina. Yes. Their patience. Like, mm. you know, like, all those things are, it's getting smaller. Okay. You know, so, so where, like, when Anna was younger they could kind of hang with her more and have like the stamina to do it i mean they still yes dote on them and you know love them it's not like they're invalids in a bed by any stretch of the imagination but we can see like the weariness creeping in and just like I don't know how you think you like, oh, you have a short fuse. That's not what I mean at all. No, but, but it's just like their ability to have patience yeah. is shorter. Their bandwidth their is bandwidth. shorter. Their bandwidth. Yeah, the bandwidth is just like it's smaller. Fair. It's yeah. just smaller. It's just smaller. And my kids have definitely noticed that. Mm. And so there is kind of a sadness and element that they missed out on some time on with grandparent them time. In their prime. When they were, you know, had more energy. energy yeah. Yes. And bandwidth and stuff. Okay, so let's segue to, like, we kind of wanted to, if we don't want to be all Debbie Downer, this sandwich generation is worst. It's not. It's just different. It's just different. It's just different. So um, you kind of already mentioned a benefit benefit of Mm -hmm. 
your children being able to kind of witness and watch, which struck me that I love that that's a generational thing for Mm -hmm. you, right? You watched your mom, Mm -hmm. your kids watched your mom, your Mm -hmm. kids are going to watch you. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that you have a family heritage, tradition, a culture, whatever word you want to use, that you care well for, you know, your family members as they age. Yeah. We've talked a lot about kind of our parents' side of things, but how have you seen, like, I guess my question is, is parenting just feel the same now that you have entered into this new season with your own parents? Or do you feel like this has changed also the way you parent? Hmm. Is it just like adding an extra thing and the parenting kind of is the same? You know, I, I, I just kind of wondered based on things that we're talking about, because as those caregiving needs grow, mm-hmm. right, you will have to take time away. somewhere, time so, away. whether it's time away it's your own mental bandwidth, your emotional capacity, mm-hmm. like, you know, so we get in a, the sandwich generation is also accepting there is a give and take, you know, a given, and it may just be for a season or it might be for a long while. Mm-hmm. A give and take, a acknowledgement that I'm going to need some help. I'm going to have to maybe ask a another family to take my kid to the soccer game this week because I do need to go spend some time with my mom to Mm -hmm. make sure she has everything she needs. Or maybe it's also being aware of my own limits and when I need a break. Yes. Mm Self-awareness, self-care is big because maybe I'm being a little bit more short-tempered with my kids. Right. Because I'm stressed out about something going on with my parents. Yeah. So awareness is huge and taking time for yourself is huge. And that is across the board for all moms, no matter if they're in the sandwich generation or not. You Mm -hmm. cannot be the best mom you can be if there's nothing there. Preach it. (laughs) When I so I started going to counseling, I actually don't remember. I think it was 2021. I don't know. Like, my sense of time's completely gone since the pandemic. I have preached about like that. Three, three years feels like seven, seven. I mean, like, 10 years feels like three. I don't know. It was sometime middle-ish pandemic. I started going back um, to counseling. I'd done counseling quite a bit in my 20s coming out of such a traumatic, abusive situation. Mm-hmm. The very first thing we tackled was me just having no margin or bandwidth left and trying to function like a shell of a person. And she gave me this analogy, and I use it all the time in my own heart and mind to, like, analyze myself. She's like, Emily, you're sitting here in my office, and you are on E. The things that you have set up in your life to, like, help yourself gets you back up maybe to a quarter of a tank. Mm. So you do these little spurts that get you up to a quarter tank. Well, it doesn't take long to get to eat. You're out of gas again, right? And she was like, we have to look at your life and you've got to think, is it realistic that you're ever going to get up to full? Maybe not. Maybe not. You have, I mean, like we're in these prime years of parenting. You're running a business, you know, like, no, you're probably not going to be this zen all the way up to eat. But you can't keep living life quarter tank empty, quarter tank empty. And you're cycling through that in like three day, four day periods and then going on empty for a while. 
So she like introduced me to this concept of nothing days, which was like a shock to me Mm -hmm. because I didn't think I could risk having a day that I didn't do anything Mm. like that was like risky sounding Mm. to me and she was like you can like nothing's going to fall apart the world will keep spinning your business is not going to fall apart your kids aren't going to fall apart like and the rules were very hard at first I couldn't do an errand I couldn't meet a friend for lunch I couldn't do a chore like it literally had to be nothing. I could take a bath. I could go for a walk if I wanted to. I could read a book. I could watch a movie. But I could be nothing that was like something I would check off An a obligation. list that I wanted to do. Even meeting with a friend, that's like something I want An to schedule obligation. to do. Mm-hmm. So there was none of that allowed. And I love nothing days. now, And I absolutely see that they make a massive difference and the thing i would say in my mental clarity like it just helps me so much and am i getting to full probably not but i get way past a quarter of a tank just by having like the silence of nothing no responsibilities calling your name. No yeah. obligations calling your name. Yes. I did something similar not too long ago. A friend and I, who is also a mom and stretched pretty thin, she and I went to Dallas for the day, and our families did not contact us at oh, all. That's so nice. For, I don't know, 10 plus hours. Yeah. And we did the things that you don't necessarily want to do with your family, like go to a huge art museum uh-huh. you know museums yeah. are great when they're kid-friendly museums but how often do you go to a non-kid non-kid-friendly museum but even, without kids but even if you go to a kid's museum like you're still it's for the kids it's not for you no, well you're still monitoring what they're doing you're keeping totally. up with where everybody are you arguing does somebody have to have a consequence do i need to pull you over to the side and remind you how we act and amuse you know like and then all just you're right. you're doing all that stuff in your head. So. so we went to Dallas. So it did not require a lot of planning. It did not require anything more than getting in the car and driving down 30. Mm-hmm. And we just went to places that we knew our kids would never go to. So we're going to take advantage of Do being it. childless. Yeah. And our families did not text us. Our families did not call us. Mm-hmm. It was bliss. Okay. Good. We're going to do that, Erin. We're doing this. It's it's okay to turn it off sometimes. Yeah. From both directions. Yeah. If there's a day you need to step away from either side of that sandwich, mm-hmm. it is critical um, for you to be the best glue for that sandwich. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the nothing day now. Okay, well, thanks for chatting, Erin. We will have more information in our show notes. Um, I think we also have um, some articles and another another podcast we have about in-laws and mothers that we will include in our show notes so we can kind of continue the discussion. So thank you. And we're signing off. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Bill Media.